I am recording. As am I. Actually, I should have checked to make sure I was on the right mic. And I am. <clears throat> All right, let's go. Three, two, one. All right, folks, this just in, according to Ben and Jerry's Instagram, Ben and Jerry's will end sales of our ice cream in occupied Palestinian territory. That means sales of their ice cream, not sales of the Politipop ice cream. Uh, we <laughs> haven't we haven't made it there. We, we already weren't selling our ice cream there personally. Yes. So. Yeah. And we, we don't plan to. But uh, if yeah, you if you're interested there. in our ice cream, sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> Yes, yeah, uh, and we'll also we'll learn how to make ice cream. If we get one Patreon subscriber, we'll learn how to make ice cream. And how hard can it be? Pop ice cream. Uh, their caption says, Ben and Jerry's will end sales of our ice cream in occupied Palestinian territory. Read our full statement at the link in our son of a bitch. I know, that's why I was like, oh, when you were like record- recording it, I was like, I thought you wanted to wait till, uh, <clears throat> until you read this, but... <laughs> No, this is an on-the-spot news show now, baby. Okay, That's right. we're not reviewing anything anymore. Unless you All consider right, the news. to support <laughs> racial justice, LGBTQ rights, climate justice, campaign finance reform. Jesus, I, why am I not working for Ben and Jerry's and refugee rights? I know. Would that be? Well, here I, I got it right here. I'll read it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we, we, we switch over to the correspondent Ty right now with the uh, Ben & Jerry story. Ty, what do you got for us? Uh, on July 19th, 2021, Ben & Jerry said, We believe it is inconsistent with our values for Ben & Jerry's ice cream to be sold in the occupied Palestinian territory. territory. We also hear and recognize the concerns shared with us by our fans and trusted partners. We have a long-standing partnership with our licensee who manufactures Ben & Jerry's ice cream in Israel and distributes it in the region. We have been working to change this, and so we have informed our licensee that we will not renew the license agreement when it expires at the end of next year. Although Ben & Jerry's will no longer be sold in the occupied Palestinian territories, we will stay in Israel through a different arrangement. We will share an update on this as soon as we're ready. Huh. So I was... Uh... This is a roller coaster for me because at first I didn't even think they were acknowledging Israel. They were saying know, it's just the occupied so Palestinian territory. I was like, oh, fuck. And at first I thought that they weren't going to give their ice cream to Palestinian people, which I thought was terrible. I'm like, come on. I did. I, for cream. a minute, I did too. <laughs> I was like, how are they going to How are they going to get Kaepernick's flavor? Um, <laughs> but so, so they... So they're against the occupation of Palestinian territory, but they do believe that there's... A whole chunk of that land that rightfully belongs to Israel, I guess, and they're gonna stay in there through some arrangement. Well, I mean, listen, uh, whatever your thoughts and feelings are on on Palestine and Israel, Israel is recognized, right, as as a country. So uh, I think that in some form, them mentioning Israel isn't necessarily defeating their core values of, of believing in Palestinian people. Um, I. I don't know what that different arrangement means. It's very generic because if they're not selling ice cream, what are they selling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. They're only if... selling the the cookie dough chunks, and that's <laughs> that's all you get. All right. They're actually getting in the weapon biz. They're gonna start selling weapons to Israel. No, it's... we're no longer selling ice cream. Ben and Jerry's is no longer <laughs> selling ice cream in Israel. We are only selling, uh, we're only selling incendiary balloons. That's a callback oh to one God. of our other episodes. No, I mean it sounds oh like gosh. they are in support of Palestinians, but um, I don't know what 
how to take that last statement. We'll stay in Israel through a different arrangement. Well, you know what? Let's go back to our, our Ruffalo discussion that we had off mic, right? You know, I was kind of pissed at Ruffalo for t- walking back his comments on uh, on the the, Pal- the Palestinian the occupa- the occupation of Palestine, and you know, you you put it in a pretty good light. I think you were like, yeah, but he said something to begin with, and he had to walk it back. Like there are so many people who are quiet in the first. Which place. is not excuse. I wasn't excusing his apology, but I was. No, you weren't. I was simply explaining how there's so many people that don't say anything, and the fact that. I, well, you were you brought it up to me outside of the podcast, and you were basically saying, "Do you think uh, like Taika Waititi would ever want to work with Mark Ruffalo again?" And I was like, "Why not?" And you were like, "Well, he, you know, he apologized for saying that, uh, you know, about Palestinian people, and and that Taika Waititi is very supportive of Indigenous peoples." And I was like, "Yeah, but the fact that Mark Ruffalo said anything." just shows that you know he's very different than like 90 percent of the other actors in hollywood so regardless of whether you agree with his apology or not the fact that he was even willing to say something in the first place i think was a step in the right direction it's just very disappointing that he apologized well in the end and by the way that's exactly how it happened that was that was great how you recall that so well (laughs) uh you know but in the end i think uh the, like I said, he comes from a place of empathy to begin with. You know, right. I saw that, you know, he was a big Bernie supporter when that was a thing. Um, you know, when that Bernie fad was happening. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the fact that he thought enough of it, of it to say anything in the first place, you know, shows that that he is somebody who, who does have compassion. However, I think between him and the Ben and Jerry situation we just uh, spoke about, it shows that money does talk and bullshit walks. You right. know, at, at yep. the end of the day that, you know, capitalism is as capitalism does. You're not going to lose that Disney contract because that's what it came down to, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, so. So, yeah, I, I'm i interested to to see in what capacity they keep selling in Israel. And uh, I while I may not uh, agree with it, like <laughs> they, they did make some statement uh, to acknowledge their feelings on it and also they didn't hide the fact that they are going to keep selling in Israel. So that's not going to come back to bite them in the ass. Like, oh, they said this, but they're still selling, you know, ice cream in Israel. No, they, they said they were going to be there in some capacity. So at least they put it out there, uh, you know, on, from jump. Right, so right. It's we'll like, see. It would, we'll see what it, comes be, it would be better if you're like, we will not be selling to them at all anymore. Right. And, but uh, I guess I guess it's something. Right. It's more than than most other people or, or companies in particular would, would be willing to say. So we keep getting little uh, little baby steps here, right? Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And by next month, we'll have uh, Ben and Biden's. It's going to be an offshoot. <laughs> we'll get some Biden, we'll get some Biden <laughs> steps. He'll fall asleep for a while. He'll, uh, <laughs> they're going to sell uh, They're gonna sell Ben and Jerry's, but it's going to be Ben, Jamin, Netanyahu, and Jerry's. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Oh, my God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to bring in the theme. Yeah, I'm ready too. Episode of the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of our favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I'm your co-host, Mike Booch, aka the Soy Boy Pseudo Intellectual, and as always, in my second seat is my favorite co-host of all time, Ty. Uh, this is actually variant Ty today. 
Okay, what was your Nexus event? Is my question. <laughs> uh, well, we discussed it off mic. I I played a video game with our D and D characters, and I changed the story inadvertently, and uh, the ripple effect that it had, man, pretty wild. You massacred my original character. <laughs> I did, literally. He only has one hand He's, now. All of my characters are asexual, pretty much. Okay, like you. Well, I, I said him is attracted to they, everyone, so. I mean, oh, okay, that's actually. They, they only, oh, so they, they only give you an me. option: men, women, or anyone. They don't have no one, so I just I did the best I could. Okay. Ah, oh, but what if I had a thing for uh, for Macy Williams? Waka waka, folks. Uh, actually, don't. She's still the seems game's, super young. The game's Wildermyth, by the way. <laughs> oh, good to know. Yes, yes. Just because she was no one. Wait, Macy Williams. Macy Williams. Oh, Macy Williams. <laughs> Who do you think I was talking about? Is there a difference between Macy Williams and Maisie Williams? Isn't, uh, hold on, I gotta look this up. Hold on, what's... I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> William H. Macy? Yes, that's, Williams? What, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> William H. Macy of Shameless and my favorite like, movie ever, Mystery Man? random attraction. <laughs> no, I do not have an attraction like, to William H. Macy. <laughs> I actually don't have an attraction to Maisie Williams either. I just I just thought it would be a good joke because she was no one at one point in Game uh, of Thrones. Ah, I got you. Okay, uh, I got yeah, you. Cool, yeah, cool, 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 Guys, cool. everyone knows comedy works best when you explain it. Today we are reviewing the season finale of Disney Plus's Loki. Wow. Wow. For all time. That's it's great. Always. Uh, Always indeed. Uh, yeah, we so we've been releasing mini-reviews. Whenever we feel like it <laughs> uh, throughout, you know, throughout the past few weeks covering this, um, you know, I've uh, I've I've had an issue where I've been very in and very out on this show. Like at one point it wins me and then the next point it it doesn't quite. Listen, Constructs of Time is a capitalist system and we're clearly not a capitalist podcast. So we uh, we release when we can and when we want to. All right. And I'm sure all our listeners appreciate that. And they're just happy to get some content. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't believe Ooh. in this productivity culture, okay? <laughs> yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't validate our existence or our product, okay? We're going to put out a product that is – well, we're putting out a product, okay? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter how fast we do it. I mean, full uh, discretion, we, my, my birthday was this weekend, and I kind of took some time off, and that's why uh, we weren't able to record sooner. But here we are. We're here now to talk about this, this finale of Loki, the show that has – has blown our minds in so many ways. It's blown minds, all right. Um, you know, mine. Uh, here we go. Just, I, I'm gonna go really quickly. Okay, not not gonna take a lot of time, but I'm gonna really, really quickly throughout these six episodes, and uh, and just if I could give a roundabout way of how I felt about them. Uh, this is going to be a, a spoilerific episode, folks. So if you do not want this series spoiled, there's a spoiler warning in full effect. Right now, if you continue listening, you will create a Nexus event and and just create another branch off the sacred timeline. I know words from the show. <laughs> uh, but Ty, did you want to give them a plot before we got into it? Oh, am I doing the plot for the whole show or? If you want. I had nothing you prepared. You could fucking make had, up something right now I had right nothing prepared. I'm, so, like I'm sorry, because I don't usually do them for the mini reviews, but. Uh... That's fine. Then uh, I'll give the plot. Oh. Loki <laughs> took the Tesseract. When the Avengers fucked with time in Endgame, and he wasn't supposed to. They, so the time cops come, and they say, work with us, 
to find yourself and stop the murders. Find and fuck yourself because he falls in uh, love with himself. That was an optional mission for extra XP, and it's like a fall, uh, it's like a Fallout game, you know. It's like you just it, you don't know what's gonna happen. It really is. Uh, but yeah, so um, so this first episode, I was I was I was I was pretty on board for uh, glorious purpose. We see Loki uh, from 2012 see the entire events of his life. Uh, we'll later find out that it was definitely a manipulation uh, through the TVA. Uh, but you know this this episode had me in uh, had me in. It was weird enough. The aesthetic of the TVA really got me. You know, visually, I really enjoyed the show as a whole. Am I alone in that tie? No, no? It, I think what makes it stand apart from the previous shows that we've seen from Marvel is it was fun. It was really fun, and like Falcon and Winter Soldier was not fun, right? Like. Uh, whether you liked it or not, it was kind of like a very gritty, like, you know, dealing with real world issues kind of show. And, you know, I appreciate aspects of that. And WandaVision was heavily de- dealing with grief. And while it could be fun with the sitcom aspect at times, I felt like Loki kind of felt more like that otherworldly Marvel superhero comic book kind of show. And I think for, you know, uh, for me at least, that was kind of a fun, refreshing take, you know, uh, to see again. So I, I definitely enjoyed the first episode, and I thought it, it, had a, it had set a good standard for what to expect. And then we had the variant that was episode two, uh, in which I don't even remember what happened, to be frank. They, they go, oh, he finds out that, like, that the variant's probably hiding in the apocalypse. This I don't I don't know how I felt about this by the way because on one hand I guess a Loki could find another Loki but also like his first guess is absolutely correct and yeah. I, I don't know I'm just not a fan of convenient writing like that it just I me I off. think my biggest gripe with that is you know like the whole like multiple Loki variants thing is fun but it makes me feel like Loki's more important than he really is because like why are you know what I mean? Like, why is Loki the key to the timeline every single time? That all these different variants, we eventually learn how to be uh, captured and and pruned. And why is this one particular Loki, you know, trying to uh, uh, you know destroy the TVA? And then you know this Loki is the key to stop. I don't know. It just felt very like convenient that it was all Lokis that they had to deal with. And I, I was kind of waiting for some sort of twist here, and it didn't come. Now, I have a question for you. We see here, once again, there's some really cool stuff that happens. I love the visuals of, you know, the the apocalypses that they go to. You know, they go to Pompeii, then they go to, what is it, Oklahoma or Indiana? They go, You know, they go to the sure. rocks cart, uh, the big box store in the middle of that <laughs> hurricane. And, and I really like that. But throughout this entire show, you can really feel the COVID. Uh, you know, you can see that it's two people talking in a room, then it's two people talking in a hallway, then it's two people talking. Actually, our short film might get confused for a COVID <laughs> shoot. That's <laughs> actually thinking about it. really funny. I didn't get that at all from this. And yet, like when you think about it, you know, it was two people talking in a room, two people talking in a hallway. Like they did have they did have some group shots and everything. But, uh, you know, I think that they they covered their asses in that they put some talent in this show. I, I cannot speak enough as to the cast. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, you've got Wunmi Misaku, Owen Wilson, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Sofia DiMartino. Uh, you know, you've, you've really got like a lot of 
a lot of talent here. So if you do want a show where people are having to talk to each other uh, in a bubble very often, like this is the way to do it. And also, I really haven't seen Owen Wilson get to get to play the earnest guy often. So so this was this was nice for me to see. I was really looking forward to uh, kind of a time cop true detective. Yeah, I got to be honest, though. I really I don't get that feeling from it. I felt, if anything, the production value on this show was so much higher than than some of the other shows, especially like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like it, it felt like a cinematic film to me. And I never until the last episode, I never really felt like uh it was because of COVID. I I think a lot of things were just convenient writing excuses to like uh the Loki clip show, for example. They're like, all right, we gotta get Loki to be the lovable character everybody everybody enjoys from the the film, so we show him his whole life real quick. But I, I don't know if they would have done anything differently for that had it not been COVID time, personally. So maybe it's just me, and that's possible. Uh, do you think that this that it's going to be something that's noticeable in media that keeps coming out? You know, because COVID's not going anywhere. There are new strains coming out. But the entertainment industry is back up and running, and it seems like, you know, it's really hitting, you know, some momentum. So I mean, I definitely think it's going to be noticeable. more noticeable. Yeah, because there's shows that are embracing it. I mean... Law and Order has put it into storylines. There's entire movies that are take place during COVID or during some sort of pandemic. I mean, it's definitely not going away in that regard. Uh, is it going to affect projects that were already greenlit that have nothing to do with COVID? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on, I guess, the uh, how strict the the production team is in, in terms of things. But uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything I've seen recently that was made post COVID, but unfortunately mo- most things that have been released were already in uh, post production or, or nearing the end of production. Um, I will tell you the supernatural series finale was heavily affected by COVID. So there's an example for you, like heavily, heavily affected to the point where they had to write out most of the cast, except for a few core characters because of it. And that was really disappointing. Wow. Okay. So that's something to to look forward to as I as I uh, as I finish the series one day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about Lamentis real quick. So Lamentis is probably one of the you know the the foremost examples when you talk about production value. Like I'm you know it's it was definitely a bunch of green screen, but so is Endgame. Uh, so so <laughs> are most of the movies at this point. Yeah. Uh, so you know so I I really did love the visuals of of you know of this episode, but. I think that this, at least for me, this is where we see a turn because it, knowing where the finale takes us, I feel like it takes away a bit from parts of the series because it really just ends up being, all right, this was a prequel to Multiverse of Madness or this is a prequel to Quantumania or something like that. Like just to set up the next phase of Marvel. And I think that there there was a lot of potential here. Like I said, you have a great cast. They had this this whole Snowpiercer, Titanic, class warfare uh, narrative that they don't go into at all, really. And I would have really loved to have seen, like, all right, they have no way off now. Let's see Loki and Sylvie lead a rebellion of, you know, of the working class against all the elites. Or let's see, let's see them be the reason that nobody makes it off. Because, you know, in trying to find their uh, the power source to charge up the tempad, you know, maybe it becomes do we choose these people or do we choose our own lives? And they end up choosing their own. Like, because that's something a Loki would do. And, you know, I, I thought there was a lot of potential there. And, and, and I know that, 
it's it goes back to my whole gripes with uh, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? It's oh, this isn't what I would have wanted it, or not what what right, I would have right. expected, and um, you know, but also if I'm the one thinking of those things, I, I don't know. Like I just feel like I feel like there was a lot of potential, but well, they, I think there's a difference between what you want and what they set up as a possibility and don't carry through on. You know, like. Uh, a big theme of this season has been Loki becoming a better person, right? And there's that moment where Jonathan Major's character, he remains kind of like, gives him the option of taking over the TVA. And I'll be honest, they never convinced me that Loki was like torn between the idea of taking over power and being a good person. Like, I think they could have gone into that a little bit more where it maybe made even the audience feel unsure if he really had truly changed as much as he said he had, you know, it was like, I felt like, yeah, he just believes this could be really bad. So that's why he's fighting for it. But if there had been that, that little bit of hesitation, you know, with the idea where he's faced with having this absolute power, I, I, and then he chooses the, you know, to not to embrace that power would have paid off a little bit more for me. So that's just like one example of, of something that I feel like they kind of, put there but didn't really follow through on oh dude you just you just made the finale even worse for me because uh (laughs) obviously there was the whole like it was supposed to be this character study um but ended up just being about setting up you know like let's watch jonathan majors for as much as we enjoy jonathan majors don't get me wrong and he was great here he was great here yeah but let's watch him chew the scenery for the entire episode and then just set up the next phase. Like that, I feel like that was kind of an injustice. But but you really just like put this idea in my head of, yeah, like let's see Loki consider that. Because in episode one, he said it's his place to rule. He felt it. What, yep. Now what do you do after you rule? If he took that, he would have ruled everything. Like everything. really, that was his goal. Because he always wanted rule. power and yeah. he would finally have it. I mean- uh, for those of you who have listened to our Snowpiercer review, uh, I think it would be very reminiscent of the ending of Snowpiercer, right? Where Chris Evans' character has that moment where he's considering taking over the train and, and then he decides not to, right? Something pulls him back. And I think they really could have done that here with Loki. Maybe, you know, Jonathan Major showing him the power he could have. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's, you could see it in his eyes. It's, you know, how, how, much it's pulling him in and then he he does make the right choice so i i would have i would have loved to have seen that we didn't get that right we didn't get that at all so you know it's very clear that this is uh you know heroic loki through and through and i guess we're at the point where we will never question his motives again because if he if he could turn down this kind of power i can't see anything really ever corrupting him beyond this i have one more thing to add to that so we see him put his little uh, bracelet pad or whatever on the table, on the desk, and Loki looks at it. And we zoom into the script because he knows exactly what's going to happen. You know, and, and on the script, Loki takes up the, the, the bracelet and he says, like, glorious purpose or something like that. Like, maybe oh, it like was <laughs> meant for the god of mischief to fuck up all of time or something uh, or, or, or to rule it in his image or, or something along those lines. But this Loki who we've seen is the exception, takes this thing up and after seeing all the possibilities, 
puts it down because it's a life of loneliness and he knows he's not destined for that. That's the Nexus event. His love for Sylvie to yes. be with himself. Yeah. That's the Nexus event that causes the multiverse of man. Like, th- why not? Why not make it about Loki? I just feel like like that's the way to go. And I saw all of these themes in the show. And obviously, I'm going through my own mental stuff. So that's why. But there was this theme, I, I think, of, of self-love, really, and right. of changing. And, you know, the whole when he meets all the other Lokis, they specifically say every time one of us tries to change we get punished for it like this can be the one exception this he is the superior loki let me see that you know maybe he only sees one timeline in which they win only one possibility in which they win Uh, that seems kind (laughs) of trite i don't know (laughs) personally it seems late you know it's funny you bring that up though about uh you know loki learning to love himself because i actually took it I took a lot of things in a different way and that I think they were going in a direction you're discussing, but I kept thinking, well, what's more narcissistic than falling in love with yourself? You know, and the idea that the only person that could, that can make Loki love them was another Loki. And I, I was kind of hoping they would lean into that a little bit too. You know, it's, it's already very bizarre, right? Falling in love with yourself, whether, you know, it's from a different dimension or, or timeline or whatever, uh, but it, it, I, I did kind of kept thinking, you know, like, yeah, it would kind of make sense for Loki, who's always, you know, his own biggest fan to fall in love with another Loki, you know, and, and that's the only one that, that he could see himself with, but, uh, they didn't really do much with that either. So, um, I don't know the, the Loki Sylvie love story, I feel like had a lot of potential and I unfortunately didn't really do a lot with it at the very end besides have them kiss, but Again, there is a season two coming, so uh, which I also wasn't expecting. Cause I, so far, Marvel has only done one season for their shows, but uh, you know, with a Loki season two, they left a lot, I guess, to to tackle. I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of these these uh, these you know more minor characters were really kind of delegated to the sidelines in this finale. You know, Mobius barely had any dialogue and. Uh, I mean, I didn't particularly love the scene he had with, uh, what's her name? Ren- Ravona. R- Ravona, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't love that because Ravona's still so mysterious. Like, give us something here, you know? Like, I feel like she could have given us a little sneak peek into why she's doing what she's doing. And we still have no clue why she is so intent on, uh, you know, keeping this this whole timeline thing going. Um, and you know, there's like all these like little moments where I'm like, Oh, like give us something here. And they, they really didn't do that in the finale. I also feel like there was a lot of room for this whole deprogramming storyline. Like, why are we not seeing all of the variants come to terms with the fact that they are variants? Is Ravona actually a variant? I mean, I guess everyone's a variant of everyone in some way. Like we, we confirmed that, but like, you know, is she somebody who's aware? Uh, It was weird that, I mean, obviously it was kind of plot armor, but like how come Sylvie didn't just enchant everyone she came into contact with? Like, why would she not enchant Ravona of all people before she calls in all the other TVA, uh, you know, time cops, the hunters to get her. Uh, you know, I just, um, 
I guess it's because everyone kind of gets reset in the end anyway. Or, uh, well, it depends on. I've been watching the new Rockstars videos on YouTube, as I often do. If any of you at home want to listen uh, or watch the videos, they they do really in depth breakdowns and theories about about the shows, and you know they have deep cuts from the Marvel uh, universe and stuff. So it, it's really fun. You know, they said that this was a version of Mobius that was reset. I don't necessarily see it that way. I actually see it as uh, Loki just went into a different branch. Like that's, that's what, what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I really would have liked to have seen more of the, because, you know, I know that this might've been more of Falcon winter soldier theme, but also it says a lot that the TVA, if we look at them as an allegory, as an allegory for law enforcement, you know, they are just there enforcing the law despite not really believing in the law. Like Mobius is a good man and he's committed. But once that, that, you know, that image is shattered. He's kind of like, well, what is there? What's left? And I mean, see, and this is definitely you know, intentional, right? I mean, their outfits are yeah. very fascist looking. I mean, they're, they look very insidious from the beginning. So I, I don't think that's like us necessarily reading into it too much. I mean, I definitely, definitely think that they were, they were trying to go after uh, you know, some form of that theme, at least. All right. Good to know. Thank you for validating that. Cause I did think it was just me. Uh, but also the the part that really got me was when uh, Sylvie and Ravona meet up again, and she says, "What did I do? What was my nexus event? Like, what did I do wrong?" And Ravona says, "I don't remember." Like that's how that's how unimportant everyone is to her, as long <laughs> yeah. as she gets to do her job. And uh, and you know that that really spoke to me. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about before we kind of dive into the finale specifically, I mean, we kind of been talking about it throughout, so whatever, but uh, was also the, you know, the the, the narrative of, uh, I'll just say that LGBTQI plus narrative. Uh, I saw it kind of as a trans specific narrative because, you know, we see that there's all these different versions of Loki that are seemingly like natural. They had they they created nexus events, but other than that, like, you know, you had the boastful Loki who was black and like that was, you know, completely normal in his timeline. You had Loki Gator who was an alligator and that was completely normal in his time. Um and then I guess the other one is just an old one and a young one and stuff like that, but uh the we, for some reason, the Loki that turned time on its head, the Loki that defied all the natural laws of the universe is the one that was born a woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And the, I really loved that idea of, I wish they would have gone to a little more, but I love that idea of like, you're not supposed to exist. Your very existence is a threat to the status quo. And that is why you must be pruned. That's why you must be exiled. That's why you should live your entire life in danger, just trying to be yourself. And I, I really love that narrative, uh, you know, this, uh, this idea. You know, she, like you said, she calls the TVA fascists. She is the oppressed. And it gets to a point that just surviving isn't enough. And, yeah, her mission becomes to take down the TVA, which, kudos to her, she accomplishes. Go, Sylvie. I mean, I, listen, I'm glad you got that from it. Uh, me, personally, I think Disney is doing what they did with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, even even more so, you know, they, they told us – that Loki is an LGBTQIA character, right? That they're they're throwing it into this series. That they're given they're given you know uh, someone to root for for that community. And yet, I feel like they barely barely did anything with it. If they hadn't even said that, I would have maybe not even noticed. 
Uh, there was that one throwaway line where they talked about how Loki had dated, I think, princes and princesses. That was it. Oh, so, so yeah, so he's he's bi. That was that, that was, was it. Confirmed. That was it. And and for me, I'm like, you know, again, I'm not saying the whole story has to be about him, you know, necessarily being trans or or being bi or whatever it is. But you know, don't don't tell us that this is this big moment when you really didn't even do anything with it. I mean, I feel like they could have leaned into that even just a little bit more and given us something on screen rather than telling us. You know, it's it's kind of again like what. Uh, uh, J.K. Rowling did with Harry Potter. You know, she told us Dumbledore was gay after the books were over. You know, instead of showing it through the books, and then later on she showed more stuff and did prequels and all that bullshit. But again, if it, once she know, knew it was safe, yeah, yeah, you know, but she wasn't she wasn't <laughs> willing to take the risk and actually write that into the book itself. And I feel like Disney is still still tiptoeing because they don't want to upset you know, the straight uh, white comic book fans, you know? And it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think they, they really, they let down the community with that. And uh, d- for me, it, it does not accomplish anything of what they claimed it was going to. I, I agree with you 100% there. I think that showing that his sex, quote unquote, was fluid, uh, was kind of a waste. And when they, it's so funny that they introduced that in the first episode. And yet the version of him that's, that like that is a nexus event creator is a woman mm-hmm. like so so i don't know that 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 whole thing was weird I, I don't i don't i didn't see the point of that and also you know i've i've expressed my opinion that i think it is a little bit disingenuous to uh, have a character whose power is shape-shifting and then equate that to an individual's gender identity i i think that that doesn't do justice to individuals who actually do identify that way uh, you know, I think, um, you know, the bisexuality dropped line is fine. You know, I, I agree with the fact that they are that they are falling short. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that narrative is probably something that I am seeing. Uh, and I hope that if there are any people who who, who fall into this community who also uh, see that, then that's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, but also, yeah, I don't think it was necessarily intentional for, for them to do this whole you know, for, for the, the trans narrative as I saw it, you know, which was her existence is a crime. Right. Yeah. They were just like, we're going to make a female Loki. They'd be like, Hey, look, gender fluid. Not enough. Actually, Not I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say that the writing staff didn't think of this. I'm sure that it came up in the writer's room at one point, but similar to the Falcon and the winter soldier or Captain America and the winter soldier as, as it is now, um, they, they were only given so much room. You know what I mean? There's only room to do so much. And yeah. they're like, okay, you know, we have a big audience in China, so let's keep it chill here. <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, they really want to make sure their international dollar is uh is is kept intact. I don't think it's even for China. I think it's it's for the majority of people who are still unfortunately uh, very transphobic, homophobic. I mean, you know, comic book fans Bigoted, have typically been yeah. very you know, like I said, straight white guys. And I think, you know, and the cis folks, the the MCU has really branched out. I think gotten a lot of people who were not fans of comic books. I mean, I know there's a ton of people that I work with that are not comic book readers that are into the MCU, like hardcore. And, you know, that's really pulled them in, which is great. So they want to throw little breadcrumbs to, to that group, but you know, they also don't want to piss off their original comic book readers. And I, I think they're going to toe that line, uh, for a long time, I don't think they're gonna. Dizzy's not gonna take that many risks. They're really not. 
I think that is a very fair prediction. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have uh, the Nexus event. They fall in love. Boom. Journey into mystery. He gets pruned and he ends up in the, the hellhole full of a uh, bunch of Lokis. As Mobius says, you can throw a, a rock and hit a Loki here. Uh, you know, once again, I like that idea. Lokis are survivors. Uh, you know, Loki, you know, we have a lot of Lokis here who are just trying to, to, to not double cross themselves. And actually we have like two or three Lokis who are trying to be different. Uh, I really loved, uh, old man Loki in that episode. He was, he was probably my, my favorite part of it. That was glorious at purpose. (laughs) And, uh, and I'd like to think that he's, he's still alive somewhere. And also, do you think that that's, that's Loki's out from, uh, from Endgame that he survived it? Oh no, Infinity War. I'm sorry. Uh, that's Loki's out from Infinity War. Do I think that the the Loki that we watched on screen that's him? Are you asking? Yes. I don't think it's him. I think it's a possible uh, way in which he survived. Let me ask this. Let me ask. Let me ask this. Uh, sorry. Let me ask it a little differently because the the timeline is fucked. Uh, do you think that the Loki we saw in Infinity War who got choked out by Thanos? Do you think that he did the same thing that that older version of Loki did? I because he was supposed to. I apparently. did originally, okay. and now I don't think so. Actually, even though now that, you don't, there's yeah, more evidence to support it. <laughs> only because why make this variant Loki in the show so important if you're going to bring back the? I, you know, I mean, I could because there's a million Lokis. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I care. Like, Actually, there's <laughs> uh, who does uh, the whole Nexus event thing is weird too because you know he was like he was like oh you know I tried to step off the planet like Loki is destined to be alone that was the other part of this right. you know the idea was you know learning how to accept okay I don't have to be alone I can you know I am worthy of companionship and all this other stuff at least that's what I got from it uh, but uh, you know you got to throw call into question now okay who's the one who judges what nexus events even are like who's to, who's the one to judge what you are or aren't supposed to do with your life he who remains so he who remains and that brings us into for all time always you know we spoke a bit about this episode already uh i i you know once again the look of it i really liked it i think visually the show has has been appealing it's been tasty for my eyes the the entire time i, I i'll say that yeah, and this was right in line with that. See, and as you mentioned earlier in the uh, in this recording, that I also agree that this episode in particular feels very COVID safe. Feels very, uh, you know, three people in a room talking, and I think there was a lot of ways around that while still keeping it three people in a room talking. Um, you know, for me, an example would be I, you know, I I really enjoyed the Watchmen series that we reviewed. Uh, and they did those montages with uh, with Ozymandias showing like what he was up to on his planet without revealing ex- everything. You know, um, the show Lost did things like that, where they would open an episode with a montage of a new character introducing them and showing them what they would up to were up to before introducing them to the main storyline. And I feel like there was a there's, they could have done something similar maybe here to kind of show us what this. He who remains has been doing in this castle. How he's been going crazy, right? Because that the idea is that he's 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 gone mad, right? He he's been alone for so long, and 
uh, handling this timeline and he just wants to to die and move on and uh, he has this whole plan where he's going to manipulate the two Lokis into fighting each other and you know you, you don't quite know exactly what his plan is until I guess kind of the very end when you know he reveals his other variants are way worse and, and we're going to see one um, and I, I would have liked to have seen more of you know what he was doing here just something to kind of spice it up a little bit and maybe just keep it from being one long 30 minute scene of them talking in this room i think that the internet uh is one of the things that really hurt this episode too because as soon as i saw jonathan majors you know we're all aware of the casting decision that kang the conqueror is going to be the next marvel villain right you know the next you know the phase four phase what are they in phase three or phase four now phase five phase three? Oh, i don't even so- know anymore who knows I don't know. He's gonna be the, he's gonna be a Phase Four villain. Let's say that. Uh, so just seeing him, I'm like, okay. So now I know that this isn't really a series. This is just leading up to the next mm. one. Like this is just you know a prequel comic book for the next thing. And that because there's know, no surprise anymore. A bit to it's, me. it's very hard. Yes. to, Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was it was cool that he wasn't exactly Kang. He was you know the one who remains as a variant of of Kang. And uh, you know, I, I thought his story was cool. Uh, I like the whole aesthetic of of his of his mansion, the Kintsugi uh, structure of it, which is the the Japanese art of repairing broken broken items with uh, with gold. So that way, even when they're repaired, the cracks, the flaws, uh, make it a more beautiful piece. So that's uh, you know I thought that that was very visually appealing. Uh, seeing the actual sacred timeline branch off, like it it all looked super cool, uh, but. It just seemed to be a setup for the next thing for me. And, you know, it's fun to see Jonathan Majors having fun. That's that's fine and all. But it took away from the Lokis for me. It took away from Sylvie for me. And, uh, you know, of course he played them against each other. But, but I mean, they're the god of mischief, right? Yeah. Like, why why fall for that at the end of all things? Why, you know, at the yes, end of all her, time. I see, <laughs> yes, at the end of all time, right? Like I see I I totally see Sylvie making that decision. Like she's she's dedicated. She, you know, threw a sword and decapitated one of those robots. Like Sylvie's hardcore. She knows what's up. But but also for them to turn on each other and, you know, so so easily and it seems like they're right back to the beginning, which yeah, is where yeah. a lot of shows need to be. And maybe right. that's the whole point, right? Mobius no longer knows who he is, so it's right back to the beginning. Like, is Loki going to be the only one who remembers anything? Or, much like the show, uh, the movie Looper, will he not remember things now that he's in a different timeline? Will his memory of the other timeline start start being erased? Like, who who knows well, how, how this is going to play out? I feel like, I mean, I, I thought they were going to go in the direction of Whatever decision they made there, they were going to do together. Um, and I was, that was not not where they went. And I think maybe this suffers a little bit for for two reasons. One, as you said, they're they're setting up you know the next Doctor Strange film and all these uh, new plot lines. But the fact that they are doing a season two, they have to leave it on this big cliffhanger where they can't really give the characters any kind of closure. Uh, whereas, you know, I feel like WandaVision in a way was able to give some sort of closure um, and, and same with Falcon and Winter Soldier as, as much as they did set up the next storylines. But, uh, you know, I think that that was probably an issue here. And, and, you know, when you when you watch the MCU films, I always felt while they were, always did a really good job setting up the next plot point or the next character, or whatever it is, a lot of that stuff was delegated to post credit scenes, right? And... The main story itself was self-contained. 
and was able to give a conclusive ending that wasn't so focused on, all right, like this has to happen so that Thanos gets this. You know, it was again more like post credit scenes. And I felt like the entire ending of this show was geared towards setting up uh, the next film. And I, I, I wish it hadn't been so much of that because, you know, they really didn't make us like these characters. You know, I, I know Mobius is very popular and, and Sylvie uh, and Loki. And, and to give these characters kind of an ending they deserved, even if they are going to have a second season, personally would have been preferable to, to what they did. But uh, it's not the path they chose. You know, they, they set up the next film um, and they, you know, they end things with... With, uh, with Loki seeing that the timeline has changed and uh, it looks like Kang the Conqueror has come. Right? There's a statue of him in the TVA and uh, supposedly he's going to be real bad news because that's what he who remains said. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm interested to see what comes next. Uh, you know, I'm not... Well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think yeah. that he who remains wanted them to take over or wanted them to kill him and let Kang take over? That is a question I didn't expect to have to answer. <laughs> That's uh, fair. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to tell his motivations because there is the, you know, the whole, I, you know, the Ed Harris of it, you know, at, uh, you know, at the end of Snowpiercer, right? right? Like I've been running this thing and I know it seems like a great gig having all of this power, but heavy is the head that weighs the crown. I am exhausted. I am insane. I am alone. I don't want to live this life anymore. So I definitely think that he, he set himself up for a win-win scenario. He dies, and now he no longer has that responsibility. Or Loki takes the responsibility, and now he has it. Um, you know, maybe now that I'm thinking through it, though, he probably set it up so he would die. Though. That's that's Otherwise, what I think. Otherwise, he yeah. wouldn't have he wouldn't have manipulated them against each other the way he did. Uh, so so that's probably that was probably the case. He was like, all right, you know, this is uh, I guess this is gonna happen because at a certain point too, like. Maybe maybe his fight is futile. Maybe the Kangs are meant, you know, the Kangs of the 31st century are meant to be uh, world rulers and universe rulers. So, you know, maybe he's finally coming to that conclusion and being like, all right, whatever. Or, more so, in preventing the Kangs from conquering as they so often do, he has prevented the flow of time going forward. Yeah, he saw, he saw one possibility. He saw one possibility where they win. Yeah, you know, but the Avengers got to come together and whoop Kang's ass, and he just didn't, you know, see that point. He was like, "There's no," and like he said, all of him, all of him was narcissists, right? So, you know, he didn't see uh, Sam Wilson, you know, whooping up, you know, opening up a whole can of do better on him. You know, he didn't see. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man squeaking his voice at him or whatever. You know, he's he's in for it with the next time. He didn't yeah. see Wanda going, give me my children. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dale's magic. You know how she does it. Do, do you think uh, Doctor Strange saw this happening? Like, are we going to open up the next movie with him? Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, like, no. Oh, man, they did it. 
They did it. They really did it. <laughs> I'd like to think because like what is he, he up did to? See it happening. <laughs> like like I'd like to think he did see it happening, right? But also the only way they could get to that point was to beat Thanos. Like that was the best outcome they could hope for. Yeah, was beating Thanos and then the the world fractures and hopefully like the timeline fractures and hopefully they can save it. So he's been expecting it this whole time. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opens up with him like waking up. You know the alarm is you know going up. <laughs> He hits it. Cage the elephants ain't no rest for the wicked plays. You know, he gets up, he gets in his slippers and stuff, and Wong, you know, walks in with some tea and he's like, So uh it's Tuesday, and he's like, Yeah, I know, I know what day it is that the, the timeline's about to fracture. And then boom, everything fractures. Well, it like, does oh, it God. does make you wonder <laughs> if it was the best possibility actually letting Thanos win, because they created this whole situation by giving the cube to Loki, right? This variant Loki, who then wound up helping Sylvie take down the TVA. Which I guess was also was it part of Kang's plan, or was it, or he who remains, whatever? Like, was it part of his plan, or was it going to happen anyway? Yeah, that's because that's where so, things get messy, not, you know. It's like, yeah, you know, why not stop the Avengers from doing this in the first place? So it must have been the plan, right? It must it have has been the plan, to be the plan yeah. you know. And I guess you know, Doctor I mean, Strange couldn't written. see that far ahead. Maybe I don't know. I mean, you know, he's he's powerful, but overall, you know. Well, listen, we were he's a we wizard were, in Greenwich. We were pretty <laughs> negative this episode. Real quick, what are the, what did you like about the episode? If you just name a couple things, real quick. Uh, the same stuff I liked about the season. I loved. I thought the visuals were fantastic. Uh, you know, I think the you know the 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 music is uh, is a little underrated as well. It really sets a tone and. You know, the thing is, when when the music's good, you don't necessarily notice it. You just kind of get lost. Right. So I think that, you know, that's the that's the the curse and the gift of this series. Also, I think the music was very, uh, you know, very in tune with uh, with the weirdness of it all. Uh, I I love the fact that it got me in the mood to watch Blade Runner again, because now I can see what this whole, you know, variant or replicant thing. Uh, you know, I could see how it's done. Uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, a little better. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed Sylvie. You know, I'm hoping to see Sofia DiMartino again. Uh, you know, I've overall like the themes of of this show were what got me through it. I really love this idea of, uh, you know, how does it feel to be a survivor your entire life and to feel that you don't exist that 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 you like your existence is a mistake to feel that that you can't change and that you you to come to the conclusion that you you are destined to be alone and then all of a sudden to learn how to love yourself you know in a lot of ways loki did get the love as a child that sylvie did not get and right. i think that there's a lot to be said just for all of us you know that you know that uh tr- let's just try to be the people who we needed when we were young i think that that is uh you know a huge takeaway from this show uh, you know how it was executed, different story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, overall, I think, and I'm glad that you brought that up because overall, I am trying to look more at things. You know, what I do like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk it up, and what I might not have been as big a fan of, then you know, I'll just, I'll just let it roll off my yeah. back. And yeah. if I think of a better version, well, hey, I'll change the characters and write my own <laughs> thing. Then, right? I, Why not? I will say, as a, as a whole, I thought Loki was a successful series. I mentioned I wasn't very excited going into it. Um, Because I felt like it wasn't our Loki anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But it turns out that uh, what happened in the show mattered a lot more than I expected. So that was kind of a pleasant surprise. Uh, It actually changed the the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, 
uh, entirely. So that was that was kind of a pleasant surprise for me. Was wasn't expecting that. Um, the cast was great. Um, I I think we got some really funny moments. Uh, and I think Jonathan Majors is a very good actor, and he did a really good job in this episode. Uh, you know, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to just chew the scenery like that and not have anything else to work with. And I think it's exhausting. You know, too. while like, it didn't always hold, yeah, it, it didn't always energy, hold yeah. my attention. Uh, when it did, I was really, really blown away by his performance. So you know, I'm excited to see him uh, have a even more of a role going forward and uh i i'll be honest i'm a big comic book fan but i have really read more modern stuff like 90s on so i i i haven't read a whole lot of kang stuff but what i have heard about him is he's uh he's pretty bad news as they say so um he should be a solid villain going forward and uh hopefully one day we'll get galactus because that's what i'm waiting for yeah i mean it seemed with Elias they were on the way (laughs) (laughs) right Waka Waka! No, it's not really Galactus. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think we're also going to see uh, a completely different version of of, the, of Kang, too. So it's going to be wild to see, like, you know, Jonathan Majors as the one who remains and then for him to completely change yeah, himself. And yeah, yeah. Hey, this you know, cold-blooded motherfucker, you know, dude. Yeah. Did you see that, that, that meme I shared? When uh, it's it's Jonathan Majors as Kang and he has like the uh, the like African hat on. Yes, <laughs> we yes. It was Kang's. Yeah, <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about that every time we say Kang and we talk about Jonathan Majors. But uh, but yeah. So uh, so listen, whatever they put out, you know, I'll I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, Overall, I guess that's our that's our takeaway from from Loki. You know, I don't want to be like it's something I loved. I'm not gonna say you know it's something I hated. I, you know, I hope that that if you did get something out of it, that you know that it helped make you a better person or helped you know helped make your life better. And if uh, and if you didn't, hopefully you have the motivation to to write something better one day, folks. Because you know you could bitch all day or you can create. That's right. That's, right. That's the well, podcast. No. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to us, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. It uh, really helps us out and uh, helps more people listen to the show that you seem to enjoy. You can find some of our episodes on YouTube as well in video form. You can find us on Twitter at PolitipopPod, Instagram at PolitipopPodcast, or email us at PolitipopCast at gmail.com to let us know your thoughts. Uh, show notes and sources are usually at PolitipopPodcast.wordpress.com, but I'm actually just going to be putting sources into the uh, description of the episode so whatever app you're listening to this on in the description you'll see all of our hyperlinks and you can just go there and that's where our sources are going to be from now on uh so a special thanks to all of you for listening and a special thanks as always to uh antonia Cava for logo design for the politipop podcast i have been mike booch i have been loki and remember no matter what you're watching what you're listening to what you're Uh, What you're reading, just never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines. And scene. A scene it is. And stay tuned next week when we review Black Widow.